0: All right, so this is going to be an episode I did with a guy named Charlie Anzalone, who was one of the managers of the early UFC shows under Art Davey. He managed a number of fighters, including Harold Howard. And the reason I came across him is because I remember when Hoist Gracie threw in the towel against Harold Howard, they turned the camera on this guy who was wearing, like, a red suit. He had the suit top up. He had no shirt on underneath. He had a real hairy chest and... uh you know, kind of like a chains and everything, kind of looked like kind of like that Guido look, and I always wondered who that guy was, but I never really got around to finding out. And then one day I was interviewing uh, Sean Dougherty, who competed in UFC One, and I'll put that interview up here. Um, but he mentioned a guy named Charlie Anzalone that was managing him, and I kind of thought that might, you know, I'd look him up because I thought that might be him. And lo and behold, it was. And I was able to get a hold of him through social media and. uh, do this interview, so a very interesting interview, a lot of uh, early UFC stuff in this interview, MMA history, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it, so check it out, this is Charlie Anzalone, early manager in the UFC Alright, so I'm back I'll be going live with Charlie Anzalone We're going to talk about early UFC stuff, so I'm really fired up to do this interview because he's going to keep calling me? What? Can you? Did you not get the invite that I sent you? Okay, hold on. What I'll do is I'm going to send send you where the interview is through the, through the message, and then you'll get it. Okay. Give me one moment. All right, Charlie. So I sent you the invite. You should be able to join here. And just How's talk. that? Yeah, just turn your camera around. Right now, I see your kitchen or something.
1: Uh, yeah, I got up. Uh, turn it
0: where it's facing. you. The okay. There, there we, we go. go. Yeah. All right. Great. Right. <laughs> okay, so I'm here with Charlie Anzalone. I'm really kind of really interested to do this interview because I've talked to all kinds of people from back in the day, but I've never seen you talk <laughs> or really so for people that are watching this that may not be familiar with you, maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit. Um,
1: I was involved in UFC one. I was a manager and I booked uh, Kevin Rozier in UFC one. A little background on that. I hadn't seen Kevin in years. We used to work at a nightclub together and he um, became a, Five, six-time world, North American, ISK, WK, full-contact kickboxing champion. And I knew him when he was like 18, 19 years old working at a club. He goes, well, I want to take martial arts, and I want to be a world champion kickboxer. Yeah, okay, Kevin. Well, sure enough, he did. And I hadn't seen him in a few years. And uh, he was like a 230-pound tiger boy as a full-contact heavyweight kickboxer. No leg kicks, you know, just above the waist. And I was DJing at the time, which I did for many years. And I get a knock on my sound booth door. I open up the door. There's a 300-pound Kevin Rozier with a big grin on his face. And I go, well, where the hell are you, Ben? He goes, I want you to manage me. There's a new event. It's crazy. There's no rules. You can get killed. I are oh, you, fucking nuts? So he gives me a guy's phone number. I call the phone number. The guy answered the phone. I said, uh, his name was Art Davey. Because I have a new event. Um, I co-created an event. We're going to call it the Ultimate Friday Championship where it's an eight-man elimination tournament. you got to fight three times in one night to win under common rules, which were no rules. It's a good high gouge or bite. <laughs> the only rules. And I started giving him my sales pitch. I, go, I got a five-time world super heavyweight kickboxing champion. I didn't even finish my sales pitch. And he goes, I'll take him. So that's how we got into UFC One. Now, I remember a lot of guys turned it down. Benny DeJeter, Keitas, Donna Dragon Wilson, Bart Vale, a lot of accomplished martial artists. They didn't want to do anything crazy like this. And uh, that's how we got into UFC One. And we beat Zane Frazier in the first round of eliminations, which was one of the most epic UFC fights where Kevin was holding out of the top of the cage, stomping down on <laughs> Zane Frazier's head. And, uh, then, of course, we lost to Gerard Godot in the second round. But, you know, we we're you know, you're supposed to get a break between the fights. Well, the fights didn't go that long, and they only lasted a few minutes sometimes. So if we're in the dressing room. Kevin's got his hands in ice. After, you know, there were no gloves back then. And they go, well, Charlie, your guy's up. Guy's up. We just got done. We made guys up. So we had to go right back and fight Gerard Godot. And, of course, Kevin never liked leg kicks. <laughs> Gerard Godot was leg kicking him, leg kicking him. And then his, uh, um, uh, then he went down, covered up, Gerard's pounding him. And his wife said next to the cage, stop the fight. They're killing my husband. <laughs> I got the towel. I threw the towel. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, after that, uh, I used to get calls from guys. Art Davy and me became very good friends. We still are today. And he would only deal with managers. He didn't want to deal with fighters. So he would, uh, uh, all, these, all these guys sniffing incense in the woods, oh, uh, you know, grasshopper, you know, I'm a martial I'm oh, Mr. Davy. I would like to test my skills. He goes, well, who's your manager? Well, oh, I don't have a manager, Mr. Davy And he would go, I got a manager for you. <laughs> hey, game, Wally. People, my phone number. Who was this kook? You know, and um, I brought some interesting guys to the UFC. Joel Sutton, who was the alternate, ultimate alternate. He won his two alternate fights, and uh, in the uh, UFC and Casper, one of the guys got hurt, and of course back then, uh, alternate went in in um, uh, into the main event, but his hands were so swollen up from beating this guy on the head. He, he couldn't fight. And uh, uh, that's what I think Anthony Macias was put in as an alternate. Uh, UFC 3, the red jacket. I had this guy, Harold Howard, who was a, a Brazilian, uh, I mean, Canadian jiu-jitsu and karate champion. And uh, I, I, I was, he was referred to me by another friend of mine. And um, so I go, I got a I got to think of something to do, a little self-promotion. There was a pro boxing promoter named Bush Lewis. And Bush Lewis always had a red tux on with a bow tie no shirt on. So I said, ah, I got to put on a show here. I got to get some camera time. So I went and rented this red tuxedo. <laughs> and I came out, walked out with Harold Howard with the tuxedo jacket on with no shirt underneath. And... John Milius, who was the creative director of the, uh, no, he was a screen doctor for Apocalypse Now, the Octagon, Pret, all that stuff, and um, he was friends with Art Davy and Hori and Gracie. He goes, Charlie created the first character of the UFC. He's the evil manager everybody hates wants to hate. And uh, we were supposed to fight Hoist Gracie. And Hoist Gracie was kind of beat up after and exhausted from fighting chemo. And uh, so they brought in a fresh alternate, Steve Jenham. And the TV director, Michael P. goes, you got to have a camera on Charlie. Because if Harold Howard wins, he's going to do something really stupid. we got to get on camera. And unfortunately, we lost in the, in the final of that UFC. Uh, later on, I brought, um, I needed a guy for an alternate. Uh, I had a guy, Francisco Bueno, who was going to fight Mike Van Arsdale in the UFC down in Georgia or Alabama, I forget where it was. And, 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 he, and he hurt himself, bruised his sternum, or whatever, training. So I needed another guy. So my best friend here in Vegas, a very well-known trainer, Nick Blumgren, one kick Nick who trained uh, a lot of guys like Dewey Cooper, who I sent to K-1 through him. Anyway, I go, I need an alternate. I need a guy who can wrestle and kick and punch a little bit. He goes, well, how about, we got a friend of ours. He's an amateur kickboxer. He wrestled in high school for a year or two. I mean, and then he wrestled at Cal Poly. And uh, he was a good Kempo kickboxer. I said, can you grapple a little bit? Well, he wrestled in college for a year. I said, I'll take him. I need to get a guy fast. And the guy's name was Chuck Liddell. And, uh. Chuck Liddell fought Noe Hernandez on the undercard as an alternate in that UFC, and that's how Chuck got in the UFC. And uh, I remember Chuck, the first punch of the fight, Noe Hernandez whacked him right, balled right in the nose, and his blood was dripping out. And he finally got on top of Noe Hernandez, who's an amateur boxer, and just started pounding the crap out of him. After the fight, is, is my nose broken? Blood just pouring out, I go, just hurt? He goes, no. I said that it ain't broken. So, I, yeah. That's how Chuck Liddell got in the UFC. And another Brazilian friend of mine, a promoter, Sergio Batorelli from Brazil, for Sao Paulo. He goes, your guy Chuck is tough. I want him to come in, to to Brazil and fight Pele. You know, but Pele Landy, you know, legend down there. I, I I said, this is his first MMA fight, man. The guy's been an amateur. Kick but Pele's a legend in Brazil. And I go, how much do you pay? <laughs> and it's back like 1998 or whatever. And he goes, he'd be $5,000 cash. A lot of money back then, if you got paid. And uh, so I said, we want the money half of So I go, Chuck, you want to fight? Sure, I'll fight. But I said, Sergio, how much does Pele weigh? He weighs 175 pounds. I said, well, Chuck weighs 200 pounds, and he's not going to weigh any less. He goes, okay. So I sent one kick dick bomber and Chuck down to Brazil. And you can see it on YouTube. It's a brutal fight. Mm -hmm. It was in a ring, no gloves. And there was always a net around the bottom rope. If a fighter tried to score him out. The fans would throw him back in. (laughs) Put him back in. And they went to a 30-minute. He beat beat him in a 30-minute decision. What a fight. What a fight. And you could see Chuck dragging him by his feet. Nick Blonder, you could hear in the corner, Nick was going, Chuck Drag his ass over here. Chuck gets him by the legs, he pulls him across the ring. Gets this guy's what an epic fight. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no gloves. And that's how I put Chuck on the map. Then I booked his last fight against um I forget who it was the UFC. And he um got choked up right at the fucking bell. But anyway, that was a scoop and we moved on and uh, I brought Gary Goodridge back to the UFC. To fight um, uh, Andre Roberts at the UFC down at Casino Magic, which he won. And in the David Goliath tournament, a real controversial one, it was in Puerto Rico. That's where they had a big giant guy fighting a little guy in every fight. And Joel Sutton was supposed to fight it. Joel Sutton got hurt in, in um, training at the last minute. It's like, God damn it. And uh, so they replaced him with a guy named uh, Don Fry. And that's how Don Fry got in the UFC. And uh Don Fry fought that big four hundred pound Porter guy that cracked him. <laughs> and um yeah. Um I booked a lot of guys in uh <coughs> excuse me, in Shudo in Japan. I booked John Lewis against Ruben Asado too. Um and uh I announced the Valley Tudos in, in Japan as a guest re Um uh because I had announced the Valley Tudo event that Frederico LaPenda put on in his uh, World Valley Tudo Do Championship. We did, I remember that in Tokyo, we filmed two shows in one day in the searing heat in August. And we were sweating, I had changed my clothes twice. We were ringing wet in that arena. And they liked the way I re-announced, so they invited me to do the Valley Tudo Do uh, Japan. Chudo uh, is the best organization, run by Mr. Sakamoto. And um, I announced Ensign Inouye, Frank Shamrock fight in an Ensign, Inouye, Randy Couture fight. And uh, I would bring him to the ring in English, and Daiki, the regular announcer, would do it in Japanese once they got in the ring. And uh, uh, those are some good times. Nothing better. I brought Din Thomas. I brought him to Shudo. And, um, oh, God. Uh, I booked uh, Thomas Denny. I brought him to Shudo. I booked Dewey Cooper in his first ever K-1 fights in Japan. And uh, I think it was against Satake. And, um, that's what got Dewey Cooper in the K1, K1 USA here at the, that we did at the, uh, at Mirage and at the Bellagio. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a crazy time. And, that Puerto Rican flight, that, that they weren't going to allow it. Because the island of Puerto Rico, they had their own commission or whatever. So said, no, you got to wear gloves. You can't have, can't fight with no gloves on. So John McCarthy, um. Was there for a rules meeting there, and he told the guy, you know, you put a glove on," and he, you know, told the guy hit the table with a glove on. And then he had the guy hit the table with his bare hand. Bang! He said, "Oh wow, you know, I don't want to do that." He goes, "Well, see, you know, you do more damage with a glove than you do in a bare fist because you hit somebody once or twice. You can't hit him anymore with a bare fist." And that's why they allowed the fight there. Um, uh, the big controversy, of course, of when we got thrown out of New York State. Um, the first UFC in Buffalo, I helped get approved because all my friends on the city council <laughs> voted for it. And uh, oh, it was a great event. Because back then, the state didn't have any rules for mixed martial arts. You know, they did They did kickboxing and boxing and stuff like that. So they left it up to the municipalities to approve no-holds-barred fighting. And that's how I helped get it approved in New York. Second time we were going to do it in Niagara Falls, it was sold out in the dead of winter, Niagara Falls Convention Center, snowstorm and everything. And it was banned in the middle of the night because, you know, first of all, there was all kinds of negative publicity, of course. Uh, you know, the New York Times called it human cockfights on the front page of the paper. And another guy, John Peretti, was going to do a show in Brooklyn in an arena. And they told him, well, why don't you do it in like Westchester, out on Long Island or something, I mean, just outside the city. I'll, oh, you you can't, no, you have no rules regarding this, we're going to do it. Oh, yeah? Well, guess what? They had a late night meeting in, the, in, the, in Albany. Bam! Boom. So here we are with a sold-out event. People from all over the world have, came to Niagara Falls for the UFC. So they had a charter. We had to find a place to do it. We always had a backup event. And uh, I had the redneck promoter down in Dothan, Alabama. I said, where the fuck is Dothan, Alabama? They chartered a 757 and another cargo plane to carry all the equipment, the fighters, the cage, and everything. And we had like, mind you, it was probably 10 degrees out, blowing snow in Niagara Falls. We had like 20, 25 seats left over on this big 757. After all, the camera, you know, the fighters and all that. So we said, "So the UFC said, uh, well, we have some empty seats and you people come a long way. First come, first serve to get to the airport are going to come to Dalton, Alabama with us. These people were out in the fucking snow. Waving people down with money in their hand, take us to the airport. Take us to the airport. We got to get to the airport. So we took some fans with us. In the meantime, I think if I remember, the cargo plane carried some of the equipment, broke down. They had to get another cargo plane, load up the act. All I mean, it was crazy. We landed in Birmingham, Alabama, in the middle of the night, and took like a three-hour bus ride to Dothan, Alabama, and the redneck promoter. Had every little mom-and-pop hotel already. We had all the rooms. We put like five people, six people to a room, sleeping on the floors, they just, you know, because we had to do the show that night. And uh, so they were, they had advertised on a rock station that UFC got thrown out of New York State. It's coming here to Dothan, Alabama, and the tickets are free. They had to put some people in the arena, you know, five hours later. <laughs> <clears throat> So people went to the arena, and the place was packed. I got a little 6,000-seat arena, 5,000-seat arena. And they were still plugging in fucking white plugs and camera stuff. And at 9 o'clock, live from Dalton, Alabama, it's the ultimate Friday championship. And the whole crowd, you could hear them cheering, New York sucks. New York sucks on pay-per-view. And... <laughs> I had a guy named Nick Sanzo in that event. We went to the semifinal. So they told us, take all your bags and everything from the hotel room. Oh, the hotel room was only good for us to crash for a few hours to the arena. because After that, we got another charter plane that we're going to take back to Niagara Falls. So the event coordinator, uh, I think it was Kathy Kidd or... Um, somebody else. Uh, and they go, Try how many people with you? I said, well, there's three of us. My friend here, this guy was the editor of Black Belt Magazine in Spain. I go, Try. we can only take you with three guys. We can only take the team members that came down. I go, what do you mean? The plane we got going back is smaller than the plane we came down on. <laughs> so, all the fans that came down with us all that were all ready to take the bus to the airport. And they made an announcement. Unfortunately, if we, thank you for coming down. We're so glad you supported us. But we can't take you back to Niagara Falls. We got no more seats on the airplane. <laughs> and so they drove us to the airport. And it's a 727, which is smaller than the 757 we flew down. And it was pouring rain. And it's a little military base. It didn't have real long runways. It a little base, mostly a helicopter base. So we get on this airplane, and I worked for the airlines at the time. My it was a crew chair, I used to load air, do the weight and balance and stuff. A blinding, blinding rainstorm. And we're rolling down the runway, and I'm looking outside. You know the thousand foot markers next to the runway? It's like 5,000, 4, 3, 2, 1. I like, go, oh my God. And the plane rotated at the end of the runway. And, uh, we made it back to Niagara Falls. All the poor bastards that came down with us had to find a way back to Niagara Falls. and both in Alabama in the winter, middle of the winter. And that was uh, the true story about that event.
0: <laughs> hey, tell me about Harold Howard, you know, because this is something I really wanted to talk to you about. Like, tell me when you first meet him or first talk to him.
1: A friend of mine who actually taught Kevin Rozier karate, Bill Gallant. Bill Gallant had a well-known karate studio in, uh, martial arts studio in, um, in Buffalo, We're talking one day, so I gotta find a fighter for UFC three. He goes, my good friend Harold Howard, as a dojo up in Niagara Falls. He was a uh, jiu-jitsu champion in Canada, karate champion. He's a heavyweight. He's, oh, I gotta, I gotta meet this guy. So we got together. There is the, he's got the the mullet haircut, the white beater T-shirt, the over, and uh, he wanted to test his skill. He said, okay. So uh, we. Put him in the UFC that was down in North Carolina in Charlotte. And Art Davy loved him. He liked the look of him. You know, he thought it was just some other little jujitsu guy. Here comes this guy, he's about six foot three with the mullet haircut, with the glasses, sunglasses on. He goes, Man, this guy, if this guy wins, this guy's going to be a star. And we went, they would film us training and working out, you know, before the fight. So we went to this guy's gym. And Harold goes, you know, I need a bottle a bag of concrete. Fuck you need a bag of concrete. Just go to uh, Home Depot or whatever and uh, uh Lowe's and get a bag of sackcrete concrete, you know, those fifty pound bags. I said, What are you doing that for? Well, I, that's why I work out, I punched the bag. We we'll wrap duct tape around it, you know. bare-fisted. so they're filming us. He's banging this canic. Puts a hole right through it, and this 50-pound bag of concrete goes all over the dojo floor. And he's like, oh, sorry, eh? <laughs> yeah, But uh, that was the real deal. They didn't, We didn't cut the bag or anything. He punched it, punched it, punched it, punched holes through a 50-pound bag of concrete. And, uh, oh, he was a character. He was a fun-loving guy. And when they would interview each fighter as they introduced the fighters, because we got a saying back home that if you're coming on, come on. And that was... The most famous quote of any fighter that the ufc ever interviewed I remember like tito ortiz and them they were like big harold howard fans after that if you're coming on come on and uh so that night we uh fought roland Payne. harold <laughs> knocked the crap out of him and then we were supposed to go and fight uh somebody else a hoist gracie had fought chemo and hoist couldn't fight so we we're going to fight somebody else. And of course, that somebody else was a guy who hadn't fought all night long with Steve Jenham. But before that, after we fought Roland Payne, we, uh, you know, here we are, we're going to go in the final. But the fight before that, We're walking back to the dressing room and there was a thing that we would walk through to the octagon with big flashing lights going up and down and smoke and all that. Well, Harold, you know, he's a tall guy. We're walking back to the dressing room. Boom, 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 boom. He walks into the fucking big light kit, knocks himself out. The line director took took off his headset and goes, oh, my God. I go, shit. And when he hit that thing so hard, that big light, Kenny jammed his neck. So uh, I go, "We're in a dressing room." Well, oh, Harold, if you don't want to fight, you don't have to. No, I gotta go. It's Fifty thousand dollars, eh? And that's U.S. That's about thirty thousand Canadian, <laughs> or I mean, you know, sixteen thousand Canadian. And it was fifteen thousand second prize at the time. So I go, "Okay, uh, Harold's good to go." When well, you see Harold, he comes out, he's got a towel wrapped around his neck because he had a stiff neck. He's walking out like this. He couldn't eat because a big can hit him in the head, knocked him right on the floor. And, uh, of course, he tried to do this uh, martial art uh, flip kick thing there that didn't work, and uh, Steve Jennings got on top of him, You know, and that was the end of that. But he was really popular. And that's But when Hoist, we were supposed to fight voice Gracie. We were pissed off. He was stomping around Stomping around the cage, he was so mad he wanted to fight Gracie. So I got into the act, I'm like, oh, god damn it! in the red tuxedo jacket stomping around the octagon, yeah, sort of like a delayed reaction. Um, well, yeah, that was Harold Howard, but during the, oh, during the press conference, they had a uh, they had an eight man draw, and uh, you know, he got the two brackets, random draw, every UFC was a random draw. <laughs> So we get in the press conference. We look, and there's the Japanese fighter and Ken Shamrock. The names were already written in on the two different brackets. So wait a minute. Well, the UFC, this thing to be shown in Japan. They wanted to make sure that Ken Shamrock and uh, was it Takahashi or so I forget who it was, but they uh, um, want to make sure they were seen on TV. Yeah, so they put them in a bracket where they would fight each other. And it was already predetermined that they would probably end up fighting each other. And our Davy, or I mean, Harold Howard looks at the board. Oh, no, it wasn't Gracie. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it wasn't Gracie. It was, it was Ken Shamrock and Hoyt's Gracie's name were put up there. And Harold Howard gets up. No disrespect. Mr. Shamrock but he has one loss against Master Gracie and all of us have none and I was like yeah that's right I agree with that and our David was so pissed (laughs) you know and then after the drawing comes up to me the manager I know and I trust and know the best how could you do this to me I'm not happy fix it (laughs) I said how am I going to fix it (laughs) You know, and as it turned out, uh, uh, another guy who uh, Felix uh, God, what's his name? He was in the eight-man tournament, and he fought Shamrock, and he was kneeing Shamrock at the leg kneeing him in the clinch and clinching this and that. And Shamrock ended up beating him. So when Shamrock was supposed to come out and fight the next fight against us, which would have been the final, he pulled out. He didn't want to because Hoist Gracie had pulled out. So he didn't want to fight and they, man, unless he could fight Gracie. So that's when we got put in as the alternate. Or, or that's when we moved up. Steve Jenner was put in because Ken Shamrock pulled out.
0: Tell me about you're watching Hoist. He's leaning against the octagon. You didn't know he wasn't going to fight at that time, right?
1: No, no, we didn't know.
0: Uh, I'm uh, <laughs>
1: Well, Hoyce's father, they had talked. They were all in the corner. We're in the corner. We're, we're ready. And uh, uh, Hoyce's father, Elio, I think it was, looked over and said, i got to fight Hoyce with me. like what This? You know, chemo gave him a pretty good pound. I don't know if he was dehydrated or, or whatever, or whatever happened to him. But that's when they turned around and had the to towel. No, we're not going. And that's when Harold got pissed off. He wanted to fight Hoyce Gracie on pay-per-view TV. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that that that's how it happened. And uh, but at least Harold got second place, fifteen thousand dollars U.S. But a lot of people don't know about that deal. But we were walking back to the cage, and he hit his head on the big can. That light can must have been like two and a half feet long, about this big. All the lights going up and down, and we're walking through, and they got the fog machine on. Bunk, yeah.
0: I mean what was your reaction when you see him throw the towel in?
1: I was like thank God. <laughs> I
0: was like, Oh good, we don't have to fight him.
1: I'll fight where he's crazy about people. Because the early UFC, let's face it. It was a it was an infomercial for Gracie jiu so we was gonna beat all those guys. And um, that's when Harold got pissed off and I sort of started my delayed reaction, like stomp around, damn it, boom. No. Shit, we better fight Gracie. It's like, I'm saying to myself, no, I don't, you know. And uh, so we thought, shit, we're going to win the final. We're going to fight an alternate. We're going to win $50,000. Of course, it didn't work out that way. God damn.
0: Because <laughs> right after they put the camera on you and you're like,
1: oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That, oh, and I'm walking out of the cage. Hell hard, baby, is I'm walking out. Because I knew Michael Pelot, the director, real well. And that's when he said, we got to have a camera on Charlie at the end of the fight if Harold Howard wins, because he's going to do something epic. You know, shit, I was already man. I was going to get on top of the cage and all that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: What was the reaction in the back after Hoyce threw in the towel? Like, you know, people back there, were they like?
1: Well, they the were all you know, like, Art, Art and I'm sure they're all disappointed because they want to see a rematch with Shamrock and Gracie,
0: you know, because
1: he beat him in UFC 1 and did uh, a fight, I think, in UFC 5 or whatever it was. Later on, but yeah, they were like shocked. It's like, it's like, what? He quit? You know, I mean, he wasn't feeling it right or whatever. Chemo yeah, was, you know, gave him a tussle, you know, before he finally got him. Like Hoyce won, and uh, it was like, um, Jesus, you know, we were gonna, we were gonna win fifty thousand dollars. Now that Hoyce is out, isn't is, nobody else in the tournament was gonna beat Harold Howard except for Steve Jenham.
0: <laughs> right but I mean you know you're witnessing kind of like this historic, sort of like a historical what I wonder is why did he come out if he wasn't going to fight you know
1: well I'm, I'm, I'm sure they were not going to quit in the dressing room you know the, the Gracie entourage the Gracie train the whole family coming out to the thing and, and uh, but evidently his voice wasn't feeling right and his father didn't want to put him in a fight where he was like in no shape to fight
0: did they need to get a look at Harold first? Because part of me wonders, like, you know, Harold looked. Yeah, first. well, they, they
1: they they came up and they, down, well,
0: up and up and down exactly.
1: you know. Oh yeah, but 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 back back in the uh uh, a dressing room, they almost didn't let Harold fight. Harold goes, "No, oh, I'm fine." I was like, "No, oh, he's fine. He's good. He's good. He's good." You know. Mm-hmm. And uh so he came out with a towel wrapped around his neck like this because he has... <laughs> "But yeah, if they uh." I don't know. Maybe they. Yeah, you know, I, I think they figured. You know, well, Hoys is going to beat can beat this Harold Howard too. Maybe, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, he was either dehydrated or he was just like, just not healthy, and able to fight. And that's when uh, they turned around and said, "At the towel. not going."
0: But if they wanted to get a look at Harold first, you know. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. Maybe. No, Hoist just had a hard fight. Harold's bouncing up and down. You're bouncing up and down the corner. Yeah, well, Harold had a, I mean, Hoist had a a tough fight.
0: Yeah.
1: Hoist had a tough fight. And uh, he probably said, man, I don't think I'm healthy enough to be fighting this big, crazy Canadian guy, you know, who has legitimate martial arts credentials. And
0: uh, we'll never know. And then after that, I don't think we saw Harold again. Oh, yeah.
1: He saw him again in UFC 4. No, no, that was Kevin Rozier. Saw him in Buffalo at the UFC, Buffalo. Yeah,
0: that's
1: true. And uh, uh, that's when he got beat by – oh, I forgot. He was a teammate of Don Frye now. Anyway, they – They thought Harold was going to crush him. And that UFC, the eight-man draw, was done in uh, New York City at Boomer Sison's bar. And Dennis Rodman was there. Dennis Rodman did the eight-man draw. They flew us all the way to New York and back just for that. And uh, when we saw the guy uh, Harold was going to fight, Oh boy, it's gonna be easy. And, um, um, was that guy? I
0: think his name was Hall or something. Oh, yeah, Mark Hall. Yeah, yeah, kind of skinny, smaller guy. Yeah,
1: Yeah. the guy who rolled over in a fixed fight against Don Fry, Mm -hmm. which was obvious, you know, because his manager, Robert DePergio, wanted to make sure it was rigged so Don Fry could get into that, whatever UFC that was. Uh, he was a shady character, but, um, um, yeah, Guy Metzger. Guy Metzger goes up to John McCarthy after the draw. He goes, I hope you're prepared to stop that fight because Harold Howard is going to pound the crap out of him. Well, that didn't work out either. And here we are in Buffalo, New York, and half the arena was full of Canadians, and they were going crazy. And I told, because I told UFC. He said, You're gonna do a show on Buffalo. We're on the we're in Hockeytown, USA on the US Canadian border, and half the fans from Canada are gonna come down for this this fight. And he was just ready to get on top of uh Mark Hall and home transition to flip them over. And that was the end the- I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the night uh, Marco Marco who was... Uh, uh, won in, uh, in a, a Super bout, I think it was. Or no, he won the eight-man tournament. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of good fighters in the UFC. But, Dan, we were always this close from the grand prize, you know. And uh, Harold came out with his Haynes Wife Beater t-shirt. That was his signature uh, <laughs> fighting outfit. And I'll never forget. We're at the airport flying back from the draw and at Boomer's Bar in New York City. Guy comes up to Harold Howard, and he goes, man, I saw you in UFC three. Man, you got knocked the fuck out. He goes, nobody knocked the fuck me, nobody knocked me the fuck out. I tapped out like a man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> and I looked at him like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was a lovable guy. Then he uh after that when and- oh, I brought him to Japan for the first time, when Frederico Lapenda took me to Japan, we did the two Valley Tudos. Harold Howard was one of the guys that they came and that fought and he fought Hugo Duarte, and lost to Hugo Duarte in the Valley Tudo there. But the- oh he was a character. Lovable guy, honest, never stiffed me out of my commission. And um yeah.
0: And uh, Frederico we, was pretty interesting too. Pardon, Frederico Lependa was a pretty interesting character, too. good
1: dear friend of mine, still to this day. Guy came here with nothing, worked at Pizza Hut that paid money to go to film school. Then he became like a loan shark for the Brazilians, loaning him money to buy their first car. Like, he got Hicks and Gracie's first car in all that. and uh. And then he put up the money to put Charles and Gracie's Jujitsu gym in in Westwood Village, and he never paid the fucking rent. And a guy calls Frederico, what "The fuck, you're not paying the rent? What do you mean you're not paying the rent?" So that's when Frederico, shut the fucking doors on the on the dojo. "Are you not paying this rent? I put my sign for this for you." Yeah. Now he's a big shot in the movie business. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very good friends. I would go there to see him all the time. and He comes to Vegas once in a while. Yeah, good, 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 good friend of mine. And now you're
0: like, uh, involved with uh, some stuff out there at the UFC. You put some pictures. Well,
1: well, 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 I was. I gave that up at the end of 2019. I was an inspector. We're the guys in the burgundy jackets. I have a thing for red jackets. Uh, The burgundy jackets, you know, we watch them do their hand wraps. We uh, sign off the wraps. they got to be done according to the rules, a certain amount of tape, a certain amount of gauze. We take them out to the ring. We're on camera. We're in the the octagon or in boxing, in the ring, between rounds, to make sure they're not drinking anything illegal that wasn't approved or doing anything like that. And uh, I was one of the guys that was involved in Greasegate when uh, George St. Pierre was fighting BJ Penn. Now here here's here, here's here's uh uh, uh George St. Pierre's uh, actually I was watching ringside, I didn't work that particular fight. And there's Phil Nurse, the kickboxing trainer from the Jackson gym. He's like kind of dry Vaseline and put the Vaseline on, yeah, that's fine. What then he's doing. Then he's rubbing his back, rubbing his back. Oh, I was just doing these breathing exercises. And I told Keith Kaiser, he's rapping fucking uh, grease a vaseline on his back. Keith Kaiser, the boxing keeper, he walked up there, got the fucking jar of vaseline, and threw it out the cage. Cause we could see that. Me and another one of the inspectors were watching. Mike Ski. Did you see what he's doing? I said, Yeah, I see what he's doing. Cause BJ Penn would come back to the corner. So she's greased him because you know, BJ Penn would use like a rubber guard, you know. And his legs kept <laughs> slipping down. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> Uau, uh, well, Francisco Chico Bleno.
0: Oi, Zé there.
1: Francisco Zé Sergio Zé 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 Sergio Zé 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 Zé
2: Zé 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 te vejo Zé 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 cara that's my, that's my, that's my rabbi, rabbi Batarelli. Yeah, that's good, not, man. Not, yeah, like that. so. <laughs> I'm here with the legend here, man. Three big legends. That's good. It's an yeah. honor to be here, man. He's he
1: Francisco Chico Bueno. Yeah, he's, uh, Francisco says he was better judo than jujitsu.
2: <laughs> Might have yeah, judo, right? That. Yeah, Why would you say for me, it's pretty much like both? Uh, Charlie, I love judo, man. It's jiu jitsu is much easier,
1: yeah.
2: I, I, I like, uh, I have like a lot of stuff when I said about jiu jitsu, man. It's jiu jitsu is a kind of martial arts people don't realize there is a sport, you know. Like, uh, you gotta pay attention. When people, guys, like, as a black belt, jiu jitsu is not gonna be able to fight MMA sometimes. Yeah. And people don't realize that. The fight starts standing up, so it's the striking, and then you go to the ground if you're capable to do that. But, uh, you know, it's I love both judo, jiu-jitsu, but, but MMA is a different different, different game. All together. All together, definitely. Yeah, I believe in the strike first, and then jiu-jitsu, you get a hold in your arsenal, so if you need it, you use it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very controversy, man, with the graces and all that. I always said, guys, jujitsu is a sport. You know, if you do their game, and then you're going to get caught. Yeah. But if you don't do their game, you cut them. Yeah. You know, it's it's a whole different world, you
1: know. Who who was it like uh one of the Gracie's said when, when Horian and them came to America, uh, you know, go into the dojos and beat all their black belt karate guys, you'll be famous. Then And Helius and Gracie told Carlson and them, go to America and teach the
2: son of rich men, and you'll be famous. Like he taught John Littes, the son <laughs> jujitsu. Yeah? yeah, you know, it, it's better that way. Uh, the Gracie's, they, uh, one thing they did very well in their life is, was the marketing, you know. Oh, they the UFC—the UFC, UFC was a commercial for Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Of course, of course, and I, I don't take anything out of Jiu-Jitsu. I'm a—I actually I'm a coral belt in Jiu-Jitsu right now. Um, I'm like seven degrees, a coral belt. But mm-hmm. we gotta understand the reality. People think is a big mistake. More in Brazil, Oh, the guy's a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu doesn't mean shit. Because the nervous system of jiu-jitsu training day by day, when you hold the gi, you're not getting punch. Right, yeah, yeah. You're the first punch, the, the black belt becomes brown belt. Second punch yeah. becomes third purple belt. <laughs> the, the, the third punch is a blue belt. And then, right, you know, it's, it's no more game, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you got to be, you got to be like, you know, you got to be real. You know, you, you got to do everything, man. If you don't if you don't know how to box, if you don't know how to kick, you know, you're in trouble. And Sergio has done
1: very well in the boxing business. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks to you, Charlie. You introduced me to Brad Goodman in Vegas, like what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago?
1: Yeah, yeah, top rank matchmaker. Oh, that's nice.
2: Since then, I represent top rank in Brazil.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's good. That's it's good to know. I'm, I'm happy for you. I saw that.
2: Thank you. And I I met you in Japan like what? 20 years ago, more than that?
1: You were the referee. Yeah, that's it. In, in Frederico, he was a referee in <laughs> Frederico Lapendas Valley do and at, the at BNK Hall in Japan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I didn't know that. I was the announcer.
1: I was the oh, announcer. Really? Was the and he was the referee. That's when Harold Howard fought Hugo Duarte.
2: That's it. wow man that's that's great that's
1: we, great, we, great we, channel, man. We, we filmed we filmed two shows that day and it was so hot remember we had to change our clothes we were all sweaty it was so hot yeah
2: yeah was my first time in japan then
1: well, I mine went, too. mine mine too
2: then i went to japan every month yeah 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 japan man good memories of that place beautiful <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm here i'm here in the middle of nowhere man i have no idea where i am right now i'm in iowa Iowa. <laughs> you know what I, I love the place man it's like very like naive people pure people you know yeah. it's been great so far man yeah we, uh, we have the champ here he's fighting on on saturday there you yeah, he, yeah he looks like he's training Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put some <laughs> pounds on him, man. We're fighting two divisions up. Yeah, so, why, why, why did you take a fight two divisions up? Because no one's fighting him. Um, Todd was, uh, was the one that went after everyone in America to fight this kid. No one yeah. was fighting him. The promoter of this show says he put a award and a good money. He, he, he handed up like $6,000 to fight him here in Iowa. It's a big chunk of money. For here you know and uh, no one <laughs> was to fight him and then i was fighting a guy uh two divisions up yeah. i'm as going cookies as, pizza as, burgers as, as long as you get paid <laughs> there you go you know it's you know it, we are not worry about that we're fighting for the belt you know Cir- so Cir-
1: uh, but bottorelli he paid when i you know it's uh, sergio Baccarelli, he is the promoter who came up to me uh, to get Chuck Liddell to fight Pele in Brazil, so, uh, he was the promoter. Yeah.
2: Oh uh, man, Bataraleo was a the legend, man. He was uh, fight he fight started a whole game, you know. The day off. He's uh... a... I think ever
1: Kevin Rogier. Kevin okay. Rogier was going to fight Sergio Batarale in Brazil for that
2: FFKA championship. Yeah. And Kevin did, Kevin didn't have a passport, a, a current passport. And by the way. Bararelli was the one man alive that submit me. He he passed me out with choke. You guys really?
1: know that?
2: No. <laughs> yeah. no Remember no, that you, Sergio?
1: You let him you let you let my rabbi choke you out?
2: No, man. I was <laughs> I was I uh, I knocked Jason God uh, uh, down. I knocked him down in the fight. Barelli was the referee. And I didn't stop punching the guy. And Barretti come behind my neck, choke me out. I was passing out and started to fight again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, man. That's funny. That's a really good one. Yeah. That's good. Well, Francisco That's good lives
1: one. in Las Vegas now.
2: Yeah. I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, came to Iowa. Um, Got the fight. You know, going back to Brazil Monday. Take care of some uh-huh. paperwork. And then come back to Vegas. Yeah. And I'm feeling the heat, my friend. As you told me, Charlie, the heat, man, unbelievable. Oh, it's 100 degrees today. Huh? 100 degrees today. Yeah, man. I was, man, like I just, you put an egg in the street, you're done, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. You got the lunch. Unbelievable. Yeah, 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 man. I'm I'm glad you're here in Las Vegas. Finally. Yeah, man. I'm glad too. We gotta get we got hooked up more. Like I love that coffee, you talk like you went to well, that meeting. Fun. Yeah, founders' coffee. They got good coffee there.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, good coffee, man. And we need to bring Todd to Las Vegas too, man. Mm-hmm. Todd is a man. He's the guy, man. He's the one. who's guilty right now to Carlos the belt in this event. You know. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. We'll I hope it. I hope you get the win. You gotta win. Oh, we got to win. Yeah, exactly, Charlie. We are ready for this, you know, uh, the training. I Actually, I, I've been doing it myself. I'm his sparring partner, man. So uh, we're going all out, you know. He's I, I thought, I thought Mon- Monty Cox was the only promoter back up that way. He's still promoting it. Uh Right now, man, I think, like, uh, uh, the way I see things here in Iowa when I came here, um, this guy, man, Mike Estus, is, is for real. Unbelievable show, very organized, you know, has everything, like, very clean, you know, very, on time, it's it's amazing, I was, right mm-hmm. now, man, we're, like, we're in love with this place, you know, uh, it's amazing, and, you uh, know, that's, all I can say is thank you for Todd, because he was the one that hook us up, he went searching hard to get us a fight, you know, uh, he put in the Facebook, Instagram, and uh, a lot of words in the man, a lot of promoters and, and, and they put a word over there and no, Charlie, no one wants to fight this kid, you know and uh, and Todd, hook is up a tough guy here, accept the fight you know, so um, we're so happy, you know to, you know, the guy's hometown actually, you know, oh, two divisions yeah. up, yeah, like uh, yesterday was uh, pancakes at night, pizza burgers, Get some. we gotta put some 5 mm-hmm. or 10 pounds more and in Carlos, you know, <laughs> to enjoy the fight. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's been good, good so far. I'll see. You. I'll see you when you come back. Definitely, man. We're coming back on Sunday. Maybe get some coffee, and then Monday.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm gonna. I'm going to drive to to LA, and um, because my our flight is uh, at night, so it's kind of. Well, but it's good. We spent like a two weeks in Brazil taking care of things. Carlos is going to be able to 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 see his family, you know. Um, so it's, it's been great, man. It's been great so far, you know. Um, Francisco,
1: Francisco Bueno is Mr. Vegas now. Now he's got the Corvette convertible now, the brand-new
2: Corvette. <laughs> That's good. I'm happy. I have, a, I have my wife in, in Vegas. I have my family. I have my son. You know, I have Carlos there. We're training. We know, we just – Living a good life and, and, and do the best as we can, you know, um, and get ready. Because, Carlos, man, we're going to the top of the world. You know, I'm sure we got the W this Saturday. And after that, man, um, great things coming up. You know, we planned that. And uh, we, we're here, like, to make that happen in the best way to do it. And I, I hope everyone get tuned on Saturday. It's on pay-per-view worldwide. So uh, we're gonna get the belt. We bring to Las Vegas and then we get to Brazil. Good, super. Yeah, it's great, man. But we had some, It was fun in the old times of MMA. Oh, I remember Charlie? You oh, remember that I, book I booked? You remember I, booked, I booked,
1: uh, Who's the guy? Marco. I sent the shooto. Remember he was the yeah Marco, Marco man.
2: Yeah, you, you sent Marco. You sent another fighter. Uh, uh, another student that I got I sent
1: him to Shudo and we had to get him a passport or a visa and so we went to uh, the professor remember I remember, remember that that was
2: amazing oh, he went and used his political connections to get their passport and their visas that's true, that's right because Japan wouldn't give the, the visa Joe, in Joe, the United Joe, States for him Joe Alberto Bajeto. That's nice. You're right. Yeah, the professor. He was the referee in the first UFC. Wow, oh, man. That's Remember? we're talking about yeah, we're talking yeah. about the beginning of the he, war. He man. was like <laughs> he's like great
1: he was like Gracie's <laughs> right hand. Alberto beto he was like Gracie's right-hand man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Very very powerful yeah. guy down in Brazil
2: too. He had a lot of political connections, business connections, yeah. Totally. Yeah. He's still around, man. He you knows he's still around. Those yeah. guys yeah you know, it's it's amazing. I guess maybe he's ninety years old, something oh, like that. Yeah, right? yeah, he's a he's a grandmaster, man. He's old school. He's one of the pioneers. Yeah. So I, I'm so happy, man, to be here. You know, it's a different experience. uh We, like as I said, we in Iowa, in the middle of nowhere, just corns and cows and pigs <laughs> and fighters. You know, so. Well, at least but, at least uh, you at
1: least you can eat good.
2: That's right, and and only that, I was very surprised. they took us yesterday to train at the gym. man, it was an amazing atmosphere i, I trained uh carlos train uh man uh, the guys was awesome over there, very, very educated, very kind uh people was amazing here so uh I can't wait to get Saturday, man today i'm gonna uh i'm gonna uh teach a seminar here you know in in in, in Iowa. It's uh, Everyone is very excited, and the guy prepared like a, a Japanese buffet after the seminar, oh. you know, like, yeah, it's amazing, man. It just, you know. You
1: know some of the best wrestlers in the world came out of Iowa State, and University of Iowa. You know, Rico Ciparelli from the Raw yeah. team. You know, he wrestled in Iowa. Great. Uh, yeah. You, you said that oh, the, the, the right wrestlers, collegiate Olympic wrestlers. Yeah, like the, the wrestlers is the I- amazing. I was talking to Danny Cormier about that because I was the event coordinator and I trained the officials in Australia before the UFC went there years back. And uh, he was the XFC champion in Brazil, uh, Australia before he ever came here. So we're in Australia, we're talking. I said, yeah, Danny, I said, yeah, man, you know, you're a collegiate champion. I said, boy, Iowa sure has great wrestling, don't they? He goes, well, let me just set you straight. Oklahoma, we have more NTA champions than Iowa did. <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> but Oklahoma, overall, no. Oklahoma. Overall, Oklahoma. Iowa is the first state. Overall, it's yeah. so it's far. You know, Iowa is the best wrestling in the world. You they, know? They, and they and, they and have, this guy was pack, fighting. That college wrestling wrestling in Iowa packs.
1: Uh, yeah. Packs you arena.
0: Know. Oh, same in the You know, like, I went to watch Penn State and Oklahoma State two years ago um, at the basketball arena. on yeah. It was full.
2: Oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a big thing here, man. Yeah, big thing. Football and and also, man, I was uh, I'm very excited because uh, we're finding a a guy. He's pretty much well rounded in everything. Um, he's a he's a bigger guy. He's a wrestler. He's a jiu jitsu guy. He's a striker. He's been fighting. He fought LFA three times. You know, he 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 knocked the guy out. Uh, he knocked the guy down actually. The go he's, he's the UFC. So um. He had a, our hands full for Saturday, you know, it's, it's very exciting. It's Carlos is like, it's an incredible test for him. Now he's top of the game, so we can't wait. We can't Sorry. wait, man. We're here. It's going to be beautiful. And the venue, like the Mason Ar- Arena, man, it's beautiful. Like the octagon, the setup, very professional, very high-end, everything. You know, it's just amazing. You know they had you put it on the radio right
0: huh they had you guys on the radio the other day oh
2: yeah we were on the radio the other day man like the best radio of hip-hop in in las vegas so it was good man it was a big show it was beautiful you know they're all excited about carlos you know they know their capability you know so uh it's we're putting together you know we're putting right. together well, i can't wait so you guys got too man i uh, I think I, I, I sent you the, 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 the link, right, uh, Todd, for the fight? Yeah, I'll
0: send it to you, Charlie.
2: Huh? Yeah.
0: I'll send it to Charlie, too.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, so I
1: can see it. Yeah.
2: That'll, that'll be good if I am. Sa- That's sa- Saturday, right? Yeah. yeah, Saturday. Saturday, the 21st now. And the car is it, it's, it's good, man, you know. Good fighters, good quality fighters. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna get some lunch you right look. now. I gotta get some uh, some pounds over now. So <laughs> uh, the thing is, he's happy, man. Always uh, a week before the fight, it's all sadness, you know, all like a, oh, starving, very skinny, weak. Oh, cutting, cutting weight,
1: cutting weight is the
2: worst.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, uh, used it's to, I used to watch fighters cut when Delahoya fought pacquiao hbo asked me if i'd weigh the fighters we do like the unofficial hbo weigh-in before the fight Mm -hmm. and so i weighed manny pacquiao he weighed whatever like 135 38 whatever it was then delahoya delahoya looked fit trim and ripped i put him on the scale i'm starting to move the weight and all of a sudden wait a minute this is Well, Oscar, you weigh one pound more than you did yesterday. Right then, I knew he was shot. He didn't carve (laughs) up, dehydrate. He should have weighed 10 pounds more the next day after the weigh-in. He looked all in. After, like, the fifth, sixth round, he was, like, shaking his hands. Couldn't keep his hands up. He was all lean and ripped, but he was shot all dehydrated for cutting the weight or nothing. He weighed one pound more the day of the fight than he did the weigh-in the day before. One pound. One pound. That's all. He was shot right then. I knew. I said this fight ain't gonna go and Unbelievable. Did. he stopped it at the seventh, eighth round. But yeah, he was shaking his hands, his arms. He couldn't keep his arms up. That's how shot he
2: was. God, we have over here. You have in your show right now, the guy is a legend. Charlie, man, like the boxing world, the MMA world, on this guy so much. You know, both of you guys. You know so it's it's amazing so much stories so much great things i I had, I had fun with it for sure yeah man i'm totally uh, agree with that charlie that was uh you you, you the one uh, charlie is the one that put me in abu dhabi the first abu dhabi oh yeah and you would have won the final he armored yeah. nakaldi
1: the russian olympic wrestler never been beat before Francisco yeah, I beat
2: that, guy. Yeah, and
1: then I beat he that got, guy. And then Francisco got sick. Guy Nivens called me from Abu Dhabi. He said, Charlie Bueno is sick. You're throwing up all this green stuff and all this. He's got the floor and he's sick. I said, you got to be kidding. So who, ends up, who was he going to fight for the, for the I was, uh, grand prize? Actually, I beat you would have fought Rico Rodriguez. In the, in the final. In the final. Oh, you want to mop the floor I with so them? Oh, like, oh, you got to be kidding. Rico Rodriguez won the first Abu Dhabi. And Francisco was sitting there bleh, throwing
2: up people's. Man, sack. I was throwing up blood at that time because the fight with the Russian was a three overtime. Yeah, yeah. You know?
1: yeah. Nobody well, ever never beat been the beat. You
2: know? Yeah, He was as good as Karelin, they think, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So well, uh, was was an amazing fight, you know. We won uh, over time. Abu Dhabi won. It was fifty thousand dollar prize. Right. Yeah. Right. I was there, man, and you took me there. And that was right after my fight against uh, um, uh, uh, Jason Godsey, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God- yeah. When I fought Godsey in Brazil, so uh, man, it was a good time. Yeah, Great it was. time. Guys, so good to be here. It was an honor again, you know, to be with you guys. Uh, stay tuned on Saturday. You know, we're fighting on pay per view, so we're very excited. So, right now, um, we're going to go eat. I'm going to have this kid here starving, and I'm starving also. Let's eat some pigs and cows and corns. <laughs> All, right, yeah. All right. And
1: yeah, we lost, we lost uh, Battarelli there. I
2: guess he. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was in the right time that I told him it, that he it took was, me it, out. It, it was good to see him, you two together. Yeah, that was good. That, man. Yeah. Was, I'm not kidding. There you gotta see their fight. He he choked me out. You know, I was totally out. I was I passed out and I wake up. They start, you know, let's start a fight again. So oh, man, that's that's, that's what happened, man. That was that was really fun. Guys, that was always a pleasure. I was an honor to be with you guys, around you guys, you know, legends in the sport. The sports own you guys so much, you know, the work you guys done and keep doing it. It's amazing. I just, you know, want to say thank you again for you guys, and I uh, stay tuned. We we get in touch when I get back to Vegas. And Todd, we always here. Yeah, Absolutely, he in frame.
1: I'll see you next week.
2: All right. Bye. See, see ya. ya. Good luck. Hey, thank you. Hey,
1: he's learning English. He says thank you. he's, he's got to learn more English. <laughs>
0: well, it was great talking with you. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Ah, yeah,
1: great talk. Great if, talking if, to you too. That's fun.
0: Do it again, and I, you know i I do a show with some guys. Uh, Lights out podcast. It's like bigger, but they do a lot of history stuff. So I have a feeling they'll probably reach out to you um, here pretty soon. I think because I told them, "Hey, I, I found this guy. You know, he's you know, so they they do a lot of historical stuff with the UFC, but, but it's bigger than mine." But yeah, but I appreciate you taking time to do this. So
1: oh, yeah, it wow, was, it was fun. It was fun, absolutely.
0: So uh, it was great talking to you, and I'll send you this interview, and I'll make some videos of it and stuff.
1: Oh, great. Thank you so much. All right. And great, great talking to you, and good luck with your
0: podcast. You too, sir. Thank you.
1: Okay, see ya. Have
0: a great day. Bye. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode with Charlie ends alone or you wanted to find out more about Harold Howard, you can follow Charlie on Instagram at disco DJ 53. That's disco DJ 53. And as always, you can follow me on my Instagram at the underscore Todd underscore Atkins underscore show where you can watch these shows live. You can see some opinion content and uh, short video clips of interviews that I put up there. So as always, uh, please subscribe to my uh, different uh, platforms as well as my YouTube, Todd, Todd Atkins Show. And uh, thank you for all the support. Take care.